It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. So I was thinking that I wanted to interject a moment of levity by expressing and quoting Ron Burgundy and saying I'm in a glass case of emotion. But it's true. It's, it's not even for comedic purposes. I, I've, I've struggled with this since I found out I was in a place called Accelerate Sports when... I found out shortly after that Kobe Bryant had passed away with his daughter on board and seven others. And then it just, my stomach started to spin and it it became one of those landmark moments where major events like that, that I guess changed the narrative and the dialogue and the discussion for humanity, for the world, for over the course of, of a few days, it's still ongoing. People are still mourning and, and it, just it just keeps just keeps going scoop it just keeps going and it it just keeps going and every time i try to do something to take my mind off it which i've done many things i've hugged and kissed my kids and reached out via text or phone calls or different ways to different people that i love because that's what's most important it just it's it just keeps coming back to this incredible sense of loss that i feel and and sorrow and sadness and and i and i'm having a hard time rectifying it and I've I've not been dreading doing what I love to do for a living, but I feel the same sentiments that I think every person that played in an NBA game yesterday and paid tribute to Kobe Bryant or every announcer or every basketball fan or every parent. I mean, I could go on and on, but I think you understand what I'm saying. I just don't feel like doing this today. But you got to you got to get that Mamba mentality and you just you have to fight and you have to persevere and you have to overcome challenges. And it's not about me, but that's just where my head is as the microphone went hot and we cracked them today for the Sportszilla show. We've got to do what we've got to do. You got to play that basketball game. You've got to announce that game. You've got to you got to keep pressing on and moving on and it's hard to do because it just takes you right back to reality and what's most important, family and and your kids and being a parent and things like that, but there's so many different directions you can take this conversation about Kobe Bryant, but it's not a loss that's going to go away at any point soon. And I know everybody else has been talking about it, but I think everybody's processing this. What a, what a massive impact that he had. I'll let you speak. Well, you talk about how it has altered the conversation across society, social media, and the world. It's also altered the conversation at our kitchen tables, our, our dinner tables, those family conversations. And I'd be willing to bet in the wake of what happened yesterday, a lot of folks hug their kids. It's hard. You know, we can put aside the problematic parts of Kobe Bryant's life, or, or maybe not. Maybe not. We'll discuss them all. That said, I mean, those things aren't necessarily mutually exclusive when it comes to feeling grief at the loss of someone, a father, his daughter. We're all human beings, after all. Everybody, the human race, we deal with loss every day. Part of life is unfortunately death, but sometimes when it's somebody as iconic and legendary as him, it makes us revisit that. Because if say it happens in your individual life, well, you you move on and some time passes and you get into the day-to-day grind of life and then certain things happen, this being one of them, where all of a sudden, like I said, you're snapped back to reality. It's shocking 
Nobody expected anything like this. We feel cheated in that we were going to get this whole other act of Kobe's life that was going to unfold on the stage. Gianna, 13-year-old, was going to have the whole rest of her life to write her story. Carry on the legacy. And that doesn't happen now. But what can come out of that, what can grow out of that, what can be positive out of that are these conversations at our kitchen table, at our dinner table, with our kids about love and loss and leaving a legacy that you can be proud of and that you want to be remembered by? Because not all the things in Kobe's life are attractive or uh, admirable, certainly. And, you know, we all grapple with that. We are all humans. We are all flawed in some way or another. But I think what everybody really is feeling today is this huge sense of loss because he was like royalty to so many people. We don't have kings and queens in this country anymore. We've had all this talk about, you know, uh, Megan and and Harry and what have you. But if we have any sort of equivalent to that, it's our celebrities and and somebody like Kobe Bryant who we watched grow up. We watched him go to the prom with Brandy. We watched him sink 81 against the Toronto Raptors. We watched him win three championships with the Lakers while Shaq got three MVPs. We watched him win another two championships with the Lakers and won himself some MVPs. We watched that fierce determination. We all lived through the ongoing narrative that has become what Kobe Bryant is known to us as. If you remember back in the 90s, you know, a lot of people were comparing him to Michael Jordan, as they do with LeBron now. And there was this discussion about, in the early parts of Kobe's career, how he couldn't make the big shot to win the game. How he wasn't Michael. How he'll never be Michael. Well, sunk a shot to beat Spain in the Olympics to help us win gold. He sunk a lot of shots to help win championships to create this uh, legendary, iconic persona that we're all just dazzled by. Now, that doesn't mean he's a god. He's a human being, and he's flawed. We all know what happened in Colorado, or at least think we know. But I'll tell you this, we don't know everything about that. I don't know everything. I don't know all the facts about that. It's ugly. I don't like that part of the story, okay? But there's parts of my story that aren't attractive either. There's parts of all of our stories that are ugly. Hopefully, in your lives, they don't get that ugly, okay? With the world watching. But, yeah, the, the world watched this kid grow up, and that's why we feel this sense of loss. So if you don't understand why this is getting so much coverage, that's why it's getting so much coverage. That's why it's all over your social media. This gentleman meant a lot to a lot of people. People emulated his fierce, and they still do, his fierce work ethic, his drive. You know, there are things to admire and things not to admire. I guarantee you it's that work ethic. It's that drive. It's 
you know, the story about he wasn't a nightclub guy. He was going back to the gym to practice shooting. And you know why that is? Is because in those first couple of years, he missed some shots. And he was constantly being compared to Michael Jordan. Can you imagine the pressure of that? He was LeBron, missing. LeBron James could imagine that pressure. He was missing time and events and landmarks and, and benchmarks and milestones with his kids, too. People are wondering, why did he have the helicopter? You've seen those reports. I, we could go over them. You could see numerous reports of him being a father. The passion and the dedication he had to the game of basketball is nothing compared to the passion and dedication he had, first and foremost, to his kids. That is questioned by none. He was an amazing father. He was simply a father taking his daughter and seven others on his personal helicopter to a basketball game, basically. That's all he was doing was just being a dad in that moment, and then the tragic happened. Don't forget, it's not just Kobe Bryant and Gianna Bryant. It's Alyssa Eltabelli. It's John Eltabelli. It's Carrie Eltabelli. That's a mother and a father with their daughter who have two other children that will never never see them again. Um, I, if I mispronounce, I apologize. I haven't heard it correctly spoken by anyone else yet. That's Christina Mouser, I believe is the last name. Sarah Chester, Peyton Chester. It's a mother and a daughter. And then the pilot, Era Zabayan. It's nine people. That's Vanessa Bryant sitting at home without her husband and without one of her children. That is their other three children without their sister and their father. I'm a father. I have four daughters. I have a son. And I'm bringing you back. I'm in Accelerate Sports watching my daughter play an indoor softball league yesterday when I found that out. And that's when, well, pretty much when everybody started to find out. And you could hear silence all of a sudden. Like instead of, because you could tell people were getting texts or looking at their phones. How about the silence at some of those NBA games yesterday? I mean, I you were watching the 24-second violations and the eight-second violations that teams did in honor of Kobe. And I was just kind of struck by the silence in those arenas. People were contemplating what they had learned had happened, the shock of it. They were dealing with it. And I've seen people say on social media, well, what about the other people in the helicopter? Well, Kobe is the most known figure. That's why we talk about him a lot, and certainly if you go to the Los Angeles Times online, latimes.com, you can learn more about the other people. The press is covering that. It's out there if you want to find it, rather than just complain on social media. Just remember, it without Kobe Bryant and or his daughter being included in, quote, that headline it would not have gotten the coverage that it is. That is what is drawing attention to it. And I'm glad that people are mentioning the other seven names of the people on board that helicopter because it's it's ultimately not about basketball or anything like that. It's just it's about, it's about a tragedy to all these families who are now dealing with loss and an emptiness in their lives. You know, when Kobe Bryant retired from the NBA back in 2016, he flew out of downtown Los Angeles in that very helicopter. He's been he's been doing it, and if you've seen, I mean, I don't have to tell you, it's everywhere. You've seen different interviews and clips and memories and things like that shared, but there was one 
where he was doing an interview specifically about why he used that helicopter. And it's what I alluded to a minute, a minute or two ago, because he didn't want to get stuck in traffic and get home and not be able to go to concerts. He wanted to be able to master his craft and be better than anybody and had that drive to do that. And he wanted to get that work in. So he started his day at five in the morning lifting weights. Then he made sure he did what he had to do as a dad. Then he took his helicopter and he did all of his work and his practice and his press and everything else. And then he got back on that helicopter because it made his ride 15 minutes so he could get back home quickly to not miss the rest of being a father. And he turned around and he said to his wife, Vanessa, so listen, she's like, I can get up early and I can take him to school. He goes, no, 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 no. With all the time I'm on the road and everything else, that's why I'm doing this because that's not, that's not acceptable. That's not going to happen. I'm not going to miss out on being a dad with all of the other things and responsibilities I have to do. That right there, I stopped. That, tears. I, I've had him so many times. Um, we're going to take a break. Let's it's, do that. It's actually even more sad because it appears he had arrived at a point in his life where he had sort of achieved some sort of self-understanding, his role in the world. He was a different kind of guy now, no longer as a competitor. He was a guy who was willing to uh, wish LeBron James the best of luck. And ironically, doing just that is his very last tweet, Kobe's very last tweet. He was no longer the fierce competitor. He was a guy who was exuding love and appreciation to the city of Los Angeles. Paying it forward and helping young players succeed and teaching them the way and the path, not just on the basketball court, but in life. He was giving back of himself. He was a smarter, older, wiser, a sage, a source of wisdom for so many, just inspired so many. Let's take our first break. It's obviously a conversation that will continue. We're going to try to sprinkle in a few other things, but that's kind of very hard to get to. Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. And if you miss the broadcast, you can always catch the podcast. Posted all our social media links after the broadcast is over at ESPN Sportzilla or ESPN Syracuse, Twitter and Facebook. Talking about Kobe Bryant and his untimely passing yesterday. Of course, you know, the Orange had a great game that we were celebrating a great win over Pittsburgh. You know, that was a lot of fun uh, to keep that winning streak going. And, you know, we'll take on Clemson tomorrow. The game ended as about 10 minutes before, as I told you, I was at a place called Accelerate Sports watching my middle daughter, my 15-year-old, play some softball. And minutes later, it starts to really percolate, I suppose. I don't know if that's the right choice of words, but the news. And all of a sudden, as I said, uh, just an eerie quiet came over this facility. It's a big facility. A lot of people doing a lot of different things. I mean, you've got... You know, you've got a couple of a couple of areas uh, roped off or screened off where they're doing softball. You've got basketball instruction. You can have private lessons on the upstairs level. There's baseball and pitching machines and tennis. I mean, you name it, they're doing it there. And then just over the span of five or ten minutes, it just got quieter and quieter and quieter, and quieter. And the reality started sinking. And people were still going, "Oh my gosh, this is real." Like, this really happened. And then, unfortunately, 
uh, a lot of people, and, and they're human. They're, they're human, and perhaps they made mistakes and things like that. With a story of this magnitude moving as fast as it as it was, a lot of false information gets put out there. And so at first year, is Rick Fox on board? Are all of his daughters on board? Was his wife on board? And, and it just it kept spiraling until eventually, you know, the investigation, the, the initial investigation and things like that could catch up, and we finally started to realize what exactly happened the facts the timeline you know the facts are developing and mistakes are made this is a human endeavor we have this wonderful little computer in our pockets but essentially the human beings are fallible we make mistakes abc i believe reported that his whole family was on board and then you saw in your social media timeline you know you got to know the facts first before you say anything okay that's true but if a reporter overhears a police officer saying something, that reporter is under pressure to get that story out there. And sometimes the facts are developing. This is not new. Facts get changed. Police departments report things. Things are overheard. And then we find out later, well, that's not exactly the story. The story is a little different than that. So then it, you know, first... You know, I think there was shock and disbelief that Kobe could be gone. That was the initial story. I remember when it really hit me was seeing Kevin Love's tweet, which was just a simple human expression of disbelief. But it was shocking in its humanity and its truth. Kevin Love tweeted, please, no, please, God, no, it can't be true. And I think we could all relate to that. And, you know, initially then we get the story, well, his family isn't on board. You know, it's not on board. You know, that's fake news, fake news, fake news. That gets trotted out again. And then we learn maybe half an hour, 45 minutes later, the even further awful news that his 13-year-old daughter, Gianna, is on board that helicopter. And, you know, initially it's five, then it's seven, then there's nine people on board. I think we have to understand that this is a developing situation as much as we would like. And we're spoiled. We expect to get the absolute facts right away because we have this wonderful, marvelous phone in our pockets that brings all that stuff to us. Well, you know what? Essentially, you're getting that information from human beings and it can be wrong. And you have to not believe everything you read. You have to remain skeptical. You have to withhold judgment. Withholding judgment or an opinion is heresy, anathema in the social media age. But this has been something that reporters, newspaper, television, radio have been dealing with for years, trying to be right when they're reporting something. If the police tell you one thing doesn't turn out to be true. It's not necessarily fake news. It's just that we learned something wasn't true. That's part of scientists investigate things and then discover they were wrong about this, that, or the other thing. That's part of the human endeavor here. Yeah. I'm, I I was, I was just sitting there going, I, I, I don't know what to think of all this. It's just blown away. And I, I mean, I had to break the, we had to break the news to my daughter when she came off the field at accelerate sports. I shared this with you earlier scoop and then I get a text from my 21-year-old daughter who has her own apartment. She doesn't She doesn't live in, in the house with us anymore. And then, of course, I get home later and my 23-year-old daughter wants to know about it. And, you know, I watched Kobe 
They've watched Kobe with me, watched basketball with me. I'm a huge sports fan. I love co- watching Kobe Bryant. Must watch television when he was on. Staying up late to watch those Lakers games. LeBron James, must watch. There's only a small, select few guys. If you're a basketball fan or a sports fan, pick the game or the you know pick football. There's a handful of guys. Yeah, I'm not a fan of them, but I'm going to watch that guy. Same thing could be said in maybe hockey or you know, whatever sport you want to apply to. But look, he was one. He was one for 20 years, even at the end of his career, the beginning of his career. He's the one where I would tell my daughters when they're playing basketball, watch him. Watch the way he plays. Even if you miss a shot, it doesn't matter. You're going to make the next one. The drive, the competitiveness. And he works hard. you got to practice. you got to have the will to succeed. You've got to emulate what he does if you want to be good at this, but not just at basketball, at life. You got to attack things. Got to get up tomorrow and do it again. You have a bad game. You're going to have a bad day. It doesn't matter. It's the Mamba mentality. That's what that means. Persevere, fight, get up, face the challenges. Tomorrow's a new day. All of those cliches and things like that. You can say them, but when you can point to somebody whose actions back up those words in the way that his did, that resonates with kids. We all know as parents, you tell your kids something 10, 20, 30, 50, 100 times, and they'll listen to you. But when you can find somebody who's doing it right out there in the world and you can point to that person as a role model or an example, and obviously, as you said, yes, people will debate certain character issues and things like that. But in the general sense, I think you see my point. And he was one of those people. He did a lot of things giving back as well, philanthropic things and, and helping others. Hey, he was giving friends in the neighborhood a ride to the basketball game, giving of himself. I'm pretty sure he didn't say, hey, can I get some gas money? He didn't. He just did. He just gave back. You know, in Philadelphia, they're also suffering because he's a Philadelphia That's kid. Right. You know, Lower Marion High is where it all started. And, you know, he blew away Will Chamberlain's Pennsylvania athletic uh, scoring records by like 500 points. And without that story, without the Kobe story and his ascension to the NBA as such a young man, I don't think we have the fanaticism, the interest that we had in LeBron James as a high school player. I think it was Kobe Bryant who really sort of set the stage for that. And that's why suddenly, if you remember back in the day, you had ESPN broadcasting LeBron James Akron High School games. That's right. It wouldn't it's, happen otherwise. It's all Kobe is such an essential part of the uh, ascendance of the NBA. His uh, charisma as a, a player, and and now obviously the iconic stature that he's attained. You, you can't tell the story of the NBA without telling the story of Kobe Bryant. I mean, just in the, the tip of the iceberg in reactions that you have read since the news broke yesterday, I mean, we've all read what Shaquille said. We've all read what... Have you seen what his son Sharif said? Yeah. He shared a, a screen grab. I was of talking a te- to him yesterday morning before he got on the helicopter. Kobe texted him to check on him just to see how he's doing. His... You know, contrary to media reports, dig a little deeper, Shaq and Kobe's families were tight. They were very tight. 30 minutes before they get on that helicopter, send a text message to him. Sharif, devastated. 
Michael Jordan, devastated. Phil Jackson, Dwayne Wade. We've all seen the video of Dwayne Wade with a, with a hoodie on talking and just, just devastated. Doc LeBron- Rivers, just Le- unable to, to speak to reporters, fighting his way through tears. Trey Young on social media talking about Gianna, sharing pictures of meeting Gianna and how she said he was her favorite player. You know, uh, she had gone to three Lakers games this year, and two of them were g- games in which she saw Trey Young play. Tiger Woods walking off the golf course yesterday, finding out the news literally as he walked off the 18th green and immediately on camera talk, just talking about Kobe. That was the most real I have ever seen Tiger Woods ever. Even with everything else he's been through, that was... They're very close in age. They Oof. They both... Blew up as superstars at the same time. And that's why everybody is upset. That's why people are feeling a sense of loss. I'm sorry if you don't feel it, but you've got to have a degree of tolerance for other people on social media who might be struggling with this, who might feel the simple human emotion of empathy that a human being has lost his life, that a a father has died with his daughter. That's not necessarily elevating the guy to the status of a god. There's a great piece from Derek Jeter. There's a great piece by Bill Plaschke in uh, the L.A. Times. Uh, Thompson. Uh, with, I think it was Mar- Marcus uh, Thompson. Yeah, his from, piece. From The Athletic, is it? Yeah, read read that. I've shared that in my Twitter timeline, which is at K-Rock Rain. I mean, there's just uh, it, Mike Breen calling the Knicks game. I mean, we could go on and on, and obviously the story will continue for quite some time. As we And this is an opportunity for you to talk with your kids and your family about the problematic aspects of Kobe's life as well. This is a teaching moment for all of us, as well as a human moment. Embrace that. It's sad. And, you know, we all, most of us anyways, feel a tremendous sense of loss. Watching him grow up, we, we were a part of his life all the way. That's why we feel invested in this. That's why we're upset. That's okay. That's normal. Don't turn your nose up at people who might be dealing with that because you might need some of that love someday yourself. Scoop and Rain here on the Sports Illa Show doing our part to contribute to the conversation. And, of course, remember Kobe Bryant on the Sports Illa Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. It's the Sports Zilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. Green Day made the NHL All-Star festivities interesting with a certain curse word, I suppose. Well, a lot of curse words. There wasn't a certain. There's a lot of stuff that had to get blocked out there. Like, yeah, I'm watching and it just goes silent. Because obviously they had Billy Joe on delay and they needed to have him on delay because he was swearing up a storm. Yep, they have a uh, a working agreement with the NHL as well. This wasn't like a one-off deal, so they're going to have to have a few discussions, I'm sure, with Green Day about how to proceed forward and perhaps leaving that well, word off the table. Look, I think they also had to know to some degree what they were getting into when they forged this agreement with Green Day. Did you see their tweet? They were like, oh, we just got done. We were at the AHL All-Star, or the NHL All-Star game, and... Something happened there? And uh, we're trending. Uh, gosh, well, why is that? You know, what did we do? <laughs> Syracuse has a pretty big basketball game tomorrow against Clemson. They've won 8 out of 10, obviously. they got a five-game win streak. They've climbed in the rankings in Ken Palm, the number 50, and number 64 in the NET. 
We're going to talk to Jim Beheim tomorrow. I have a feeling it'll probably revolve around uh, the Kobe Bryant, uh, unfortunately, around Kobe Bryant. I hate that we, we, you know what? I wish that we didn't even have to talk to him about Kobe Bryant in any sense like this. But, you know, having coached Kobe, the Olympic, uh, you know, uh, the Olympics, it just, boy, there's some things that, that Jim got to see that we didn't get to see. That's exactly right. So I'm, I'm sure he'll have a lot to say. He's had quite a bit to say. Matthew Gutierrez of The Athletic put out uh, an article with a conversation with him. Uh, you've seen video. You've read his comments. He put out a tweet almost immediately. Jim does not tweet a lot. but Yeah, I, I think it was 4 p.m. yesterday, and I actually looked at his Twitter. He hadn't tweeted in some time uh, prior to yesterday, but obviously compelled to say something. I think this is a tremendous loss. We all feel a sense of loss at what happened. You know, I, I'm reading a new piece now on the uh, latimes.com website, website, the Los Angeles Times, about how Kobe didn't mentor a lot of young players, but he made an exception for Anthony Davis and mm-hmm. how they forged a relationship in the Olympics. And, you know, Bryant saying Anthony was different because of his curiosity about the game and how he sort of mentored Anthony and tried to teach him. And sadly, I think that's a, a lot of what we're getting cheated out of is I think it was obvious that he was going to be very involved in the women's game because of his daughter. Uh, and I think he would have seen him turn that corner and start mentoring more young players, both men and women. Yeah, he he basically came right out and said that that's kind of what his intentions were. I mean, his daughter wanted to play in the WNBA. Everybody's seen probably by now him with Jimmy Kimmel in that interview where he had talked about that, how people would come up to him and go, Kobe, you and V got to have a son. And he's like, my daughter would be like, "Uh uh-uh, I got this. I got this. And that's kind of the path that she was on. So it's interesting. I I decided to turn on the Knicks game yesterday, which was at 6 o'clock, maybe watching a little basketball and just the curiosity because you knew – that the tributes were happening around the league and things like that. And I was wondering how my favorite team, the Knicks, would handle that. And obviously, in some senses, the same way that others did. But every announcer, play-by-play guy, has his own, you know, open to the broadcast and things that they will say. And Mike Breen, who calls the playoffs, but also is full-time play-by-play guy for the New York Knicks. So I put that on, and you heard this. It was very uncharacteristic for Mike Breen. On my way into the arena, I thought of Bill Gallo. Gallo is the uh, legendary sports cartoonist that uh, when Thurman Munson passed away, the next day he had an unbelievably touching cartoon. And it was his two characters that he had, Baseman Bertha and Yucky. And the cartoon, Baseman Bertha saying, no, Yucky, I just don't feel like playing ball today. And she was crying. And that's the way I think a lot of us feel here tonight. Just don't feel like broadcasting. I know a lot of players, <clears throat> excuse me, don't feel like playing. It's just a sad, sad day. It was. I, I've thought about, you know, having to come on the air today and knowing that we'd be talking about Kobe Bryant. And I just, I, I had the same feelings. And I'm I'm trying to be measured in my words because I've already had some tears. But it, it's kind of how I feel about it. I want to say everything the right way to pay tribute to Kobe in the way that I feel that I should, but but I'm having a hard time with it. And I mean, he he pretty much said the same thing. It's you just didn't. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know what to say. I don't know 
what not to say. I don't know how to explain the emotions that I'm feeling. It's it's heavy and it's hard and it's it's just this overwhelming sense of sense of empathy and compassion, more so for the families of those that lost their lives and and them picking up the pieces and moving forward. But but on that point, on Mike Breen. He went on Golik and Wingo this morning, and he had uh, further comment. I just wanted to share a piece of that. Once they went up and down the court for you know maybe the second half a little bit, but it, it didn't feel like a game that mattered. And I think if you even watch the players, um, and I give them credit because the majority of them were not interested in playing. Um, it never felt like the game mattered. Um, it was if they were out there giving it their best or or playing hard, it was because they wanted to pay tribute, not necessarily because they wanted to win that game. And that's the, the that's the first time I've ever felt that way uh, at a basketball game. That that's that's a telling statement to make. You know, a father and his daughter passed away, and all of us feeling a tremendous sense of loss because of Kobe and Gianna doesn't mean that we can't feel a tremendous sense of loss when a father and daughter pass away in a car accident who are unknown, when our our military heroes lose their lives, feeling grief and loss at any of those things are not mutually exclusive, you know, and maybe think twice before you pound your chest and say, well, why don't we get upset about all these other things? And the what about ism, this is just sad. And, we want to kind of many of us sit with it, reflect on it, try to be better because of it. I guarantee you there were millions of constructive conversations at dinner tables all across America, all across the world last night because of the influence of this man on pop culture, his iconic status. There were constructive, helpful conversations between fathers and mothers and their children about how to go forward in life and how to live life. A lot of people reached out to someone they may have, somebody they were close with, whether it's a friend or a family member, and said, you know what, let's let's squash this, let's move past this, let's communicate through this, let's fix this. None of that matters, I love you. That's been happening a lot. Kendrick Perkins tweeted I don't know if you saw that to KD. It did not. I'm sorry, bro. Basically, basically, exactly what I just described. Uh, not and for, they had the feud, obviously, that we talked about uh, very recently. But and they were former teammates. But this made people step back and go, "Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! None of that matters. None of that matters. We we were in the trenches together. We did something really great in life together. It was it was a time I'm never for, gonna forget." We're, we're bros. We're friends. I love you. I'm sorry. Let's move on. Just one of many examples. Families had discussions maybe that they didn't beforehand for the exact reason like you were just talking about. Let's just move past this. Let's focus on what's really important. And I think maybe if that's something that comes out of this, that's at least one small positive. Let's take a break. I actually have some words from Carmelo Anthony that I want to share with everybody. We'll do it next. Sportsilla Show, ESPN Radio, 97.7. And 100.1. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. 
ESPN Syracuse. We're discussing the life of Kobe Bryant, the awful death, the death of his daughter Gianna yesterday, which has just shocked the world and the NBA world reacting. And, Rain, you've got some audio, which I have not heard, from Carmelo Anthony, I believe. I do, I do. Uh, the initial, first of all, his initial reaction when you know he had found out, and just the, the first ten seconds of his response, it, it you'll you'll feel it. Just uh, uh, hold on one second. Know. Let me uh, let me back that up. This probably was a uh, probably the hardest game I ever had to play. Uh, just um, I don't know. Whew. You could just sense that the words weren't coming to him. The emotions were overwhelming him, Scoop. And I just wanted to share another quick 30-second snippet of his post-game remarks went on for a little bit longer. But this is uh, this is more of Carmelo reacting to Kobe. Yeah, I was in the I was in bed with my son. My wife called me crying. You know, people that's close to the family called me. You know, at that point, it was everything just kind of went numb, dark. Basketball for me was the furthest thing you know, on my mind today. I think I saw you a couple times on the bench and just with, you know, the hood on. And not really, were you going away from the game at times? Yeah, I was, uh, I had to, I had, excuse me, I had to, try, I had to like pull myself back in and check back in uh, emotionally because I, I wasn't there today. Yeah, it, once again, just echoing the sentiments of, of so many. Just didn't feel like it didn't feel like basketball yesterday for a lot of people. Just needed to not have to have any games happen or anything like that. People went through the motions, kind of just floated through the day, trying to process what had happened. You know, I flashed on the plane crash before the LSU Peach Bowl. Carly McCord and the five victims who who died there, and. I, I, I flashed on an incident, a, a tragedy from my youth, and this is going to date me, but it, it's so vivid in my memory, and that would be the death of Roberto Clemente. Sure. When my mother and father, before the age of social media, struggled to converse with me about it and talk to me about it and how difficult that was. But ultimately, they did the best they could, and... It was awful. I don't know that they needed to say anything. I think they knew how I felt, even though I didn't want to talk. You know, this is a sad day. It is. Uh, we will be discussing the passing of Kobe Bryant with Jim Beheim tomorrow. If you tune into the Sportzilla Show from 3 to 4, have a good rest of your night. You're on the block next with Brent Axe, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1.